hi welcome to the flare-up show this is Chrissy Cordingly your host I'm so excited for this week so I know I had said that I was having an awesome uh, plot on my show this week but uh, we had a little bit of a reschedule so today I actually have Mike who so interesting I got fan mail I don't get this so that just got me really excited to get fan mail so he actually shared with me that he found the podcast very inspiring because he has Crohn's disease and he was actually the youngest person in Manitoba to be diagnosed with Crohn's. So he's obviously, you know, a grown up now, an adult, but he was diagnosed when he was just in his uh, early teens. And so he has learned a lot about um, flare ups, about how to take care of his body. And he's he's living a really good life now so he can he's run marathons half marathons he does a lot of bike riding and, and mountain biking and and those kinds of things so he's very active and has managed to live a full life so he is here just to sort of share his story about Crohn's disease things that he's learned about flaring up and things he's learned about how important diet and nutrition have been uh, to his quality of life and I just I just really appreciate his openness and his willingness to share. It's just, it's just awesome. So I just want to say if there's any of you out there that have a story to share about your health or about some piece of adversity that you have overcome or, or are currently going through, I would love to sit and chat with you. So don't hesitate to reach out just like Mike did. I would really, really like that. So anyways, I know that you're really going to enjoy this show. Um, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out and there will be show, there will be links in the show notes for some, uh, websites that he mentions during his chat. Um, but yeah, enjoy listening to my friend, Mike. But first a message from our affiliate. From feeling broken and ashamed to unlocking potential and transforming your life, it is possible. As you'll see in transformation coach Christina Foxwell's new book, The Glass Angel, Foxwell shares her story of breaking free from shame and fear and finding hope, love and freedom and guide you to do the same. Get your copy of The Glass Angel, a guide to freedom, peace, transformation and growth by Christina Foxwell at ignitepurpose.com.au. That's ignitepurpose.com.au. All right, today, welcome to the Flare Up Show. I have Mike Stein with me, and hopefully I said that right. It is Stein, not Steve, yes. right? Yes. Perfect. Good. <laughs> I, would, I would love for you to actually just introduce yourself, uh, maybe share a little bit about who you are, where you live, and sort of what your area of experience has been. Um, my name is Mike. I'm from Cal. Well, I reside in Calgary, Alberta. Um, I'm from Manitoba originally. Uh, I work in the electrical or electric vehicle industry, and um, yeah, I have Crohn's disease. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Tell us a little bit about maybe just for people that we've had a couple people with Crohn's on, but I think it's still a disease that's not super well understood unless people mm -hmm. have it themselves or know someone with it. So could you share a little bit of what Crohn's disease is? Um, well, to uh, the best of my knowledge, I just wound up getting um, some ulcers in my intestines when I was young, right where the small and the large meet. It was about a five, five centimeter uh, infection there. Oh um, wound up, uh, well, yeah, I wound up getting very sick. Uh, had a couple blood transfusions. I still don't fully understand the disease, you know, 17 years in. 
um, other than, you know, symptoms and the effects it has on my body. But as far as understanding the disease itself, it's not something I'm 100% familiar with still. So. No, and I think that's that's pretty common with some chronic illnesses and diseases, right? We, because sometimes when you even talk to the medical professionals, they're not even sure, right? So yeah, <laughs> it's just this thing that well, happens, yeah. Originally, they actually thought I had leukemia. So when they were trying to diagnose me, yeah. Oh. Um, I guess there's just something in the white blood cells. Uh, they, uh, I, I went to a doctor in my hometown um, and they did some blood work. They called my dad. Before I knew it, I was at actually cancer care in uh, the health sciences center. They were doing blood tests and whatnot on me and testing me for leukemia. Oh my goodness. And yeah, so I went nine months on undiagnosed actually. So, um, multiple blood transfusions, really bad, you know, uh, sweat, sore joints, uh, you name it. It was, it was rough. No, no kidding. Can we maybe start at the beginning of your story? When did you start noticing something might be wrong? Like how old were you and what were sort of the first symptoms where you were kind of like, is this something we should be looking into? And then Let's talk about that experience between yeah. then and the months later to get an actual diagnosis. So it was around the beginning of December when I was 15 years old. Um, I got sick with the flu, actually. Um, and I just kind of wrote it off as, as a, you know, regular flu. I'll get over it in a week or so. Um, and then I started developing some, you know, like some small pain in my abdomen. And I just kind of wrote it off because it would come and go. Um, and then it was getting increasingly worse. And then, um, I, you know, my school actually called my parents and said, Hey, your, your son's not, not looking well. And so my dad actually asked me like, you feeling okay? And I, at the time I I felt, you know, normal. So I was like, no, I think, I think I'm fine. And then it got worse and worse. Um, so I actually went and booked my, my own doctor's appointment at, uh, the, uh, just the small office in my hometown, which is hard to get into because they're only there three days a week. <laughs> um, and then after the blood test was done, I went home and then they called my dad. And then before I knew it, it was nonstop tests. And um, so I was kind of like the whole start of it, uh, the whole start of the uh, journey of having Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. Was it was it mostly pain or were there other symptoms? Like, does it affect the way you digest and and those types of things as well? It was just pain at first. Um, and then I started having just some digestion issues as things kind of uh, progressed. And then I started feeling a lot of fatigue and I just felt tired all the time. So it's like the energy levels were dropping. Um, and it all, it all happened so quickly. So like once it's like, so it was like slowly progressed the pain, but then once it got bad, like everything started going downhill at the same time. Um, even to the point where like I'd, I'd sleep at night and I'd wake up and, uh, in the morning, my bed would be just soaked from like sweating all night. So, and you said you had stiff and swollen joints as well. So there was body aches. Um, there was a little bit of, uh, of swelling, but for the most part, it was just really sore joints. Like I was having problems walking. Um, and I, I, I don't know if that was partially because of the blood loss, um, because I, I, I didn't realize it until I was at the hospital, but, uh, and getting a blood transfusion, but I was losing a lot of like microscopic, uh, blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but after my transfusion, my joint pain went away. Oh, and then a month later I had another 
blood transfusion because um, I was starting to lose at a really uh, lose blood at a very alarming rate. All internally, right? Yeah, it was all internal. Um, so that was it was kind of, you know, I, I didn't know I was losing it until I was told I was losing it. Mm-hmm. That's really scary. I had um, an internal organ that was bleeding and I didn't know for a long time either. It's really scary yeah. once you find out it's it's not a, you're like, how can that be inside me and not, not even notice, right? Um, yeah. So now, so how old were you again at this time? I was 15 when it started mm-hmm. and I was 16 when I was finally diagnosed. So what were the, what were the final steps that they took to realize what was actually going on? Uh, so I I remember I got brought in for a colonoscopy finally. It was my first one. Um, and they had a, you know, asked if there were some students that could could be there because apparently I found out I was actually the youngest case of Crohn's disease at the time in the province of Manitoba. Oh, no. Um, so once they kind of start figuring things out, they start medicating me um, with a lot, like a lot of pills. At one point, I think I was at, like 18 different pills a day um majority of it was like you know prednisone to kind of speed up the healing process there's amiran salafol and a bunch of other kind of odd medications in there that were only temporary Mm. um but after all was said and done i was taking 13 pills a day just to keep things in check that's crazy and yeah so so you're 15, you go in for a colonoscopy and that's how they found, I guess, ulcers is what they found. Like they found lesions. Yeah. And like, by the time they kind of started figuring things out, like I had ulcers all the way up my esophagus into my mouth. I still actually have them to this day. They've never, they've never healed. So I still have like sores in my mouth that go heal and then come back. And it's just one of those things that will never go away. No, no. And I remember, so I had someone with Crohn's disease on earlier this year and that's what they were they were a teenager as well and they got diagnosed and the doctor had mm-hmm. said to them so basically your body is eating itself alive and he was like that's not scary at all right <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> oh my goodness well anyways so okay so you start your treatment they put you on pills and mm-hmm. so tell me a little bit about the symptoms how they continue and how you start pursuing health and and getting so, back to life and living well. So actually, it, it kind of it kind of, there's kind of a second part to it actually, which mm. is in, interesting. So I moved to Edmonton, and um, I started working out there, and I started seeing a Crohn's disease specialist, uh, Karen Croker, the uh, mm. Ziegler Legcore, um, and I got actually really sick to the point my white blood cells were attacking my eyes. I almost lost my eyesight from my Crohn's disease. I wound up with uh, uritis. Um, so I had to start seeing an, <laughs> an eye specialist. And then after that, um, you know, I, I had to take, you know, another like a vitamin D shot, like I had to get a specialty needle. And then I started kind of evaluating my diet actually and I think it was a majority of just the way I was taking care of myself at the time um was what triggered that because after that I started getting you know running I started cycling um you know I started eating really healthy once and I started getting some some flare-up symptoms but if I went too far into to garbage food I'd start to get some symptoms so I just found this sweet spot in the middle cut back on 
uh, most dairy, like still like cream in the coffee, you know, and, and cheese here and there. But outside of that, I, I, I just kind of found this diet that works. Um, and I haven't had a flare up, a, a bad flare up since. Mm-hmm. So. so when you started cycling, that was that sort of when you started fixing your diet and, and seeing the connection between what you ate and how you felt? Because I have trouble. Yeah. But because I having not the same as you, but having an autoimmune and in flare, like the idea of taking up jogging does doesn't seem likely for me anyway. <laughs> You're amazing. You're amazing. Yeah, I um actually like yeah, I wound up uh running the uh Manitoba half marathon and then <laughs> I've done a full marathon in Toronto and it was it was nice, but um you know I, I find it it's not just you, you know it's not so much exercise as much as I find it's the diet your diet that mm-hmm. kind of um that that's how, for me at least because I actually haven't even been taking my medications for the last five years either awesome. um just to kind of see if I can get away from it because I just I don't like having to wake up and mm-hmm. take those medications all the time it makes me feel you know down about myself right um so yeah I I found with the diet and you know I've kind of transitioned into a normal life finally and it's it feels great Mm -hmm. so what how did you figure out diet was it just through feeling like immediate response to certain things that you ate or was it through your doctor or talking to other people it was through trial and error because when I was kind of looking at things I find that everyone who kind of has like Crohn's or colitis, like it it affects everybody differently and everyone has different triggers from just, you know, what, what I understand. Um, so, you know, like sodas and stuff, I find those actually hurt, you know, every every now and again, like beer can trigger a bit of a intestinal pain. I, you know, I think that's something that, um, is a bit of a trigger for, for me. I'm not sure if it is for everybody else. So, Mm-hmm. that's perfect so what would you say the major content of your diet is now like what do you eat in a regular day that makes you feel- um when I'm cooking which is something I actually like to do now it's something I really got into um you know like chicken fish you know greens um just stir fries stuff like that you know I like I like proteins but I also like greens and when I was getting my worst flare-ups I didn't eat vegetables at all. At all. Um, so, you, you know, I've, I've been feeling great since. Um, and yeah, it's, you can, you know, Google things. And that's actually how I got into cooking is looking at recipes, a good, you know, balance of good and bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. The, the vegetables and produce would make sense to me because even in a normal person, the more you eat, the more insoluble fiber you have that coats your intestines and makes it easier to digest and pull waste out. So that would make sense, right? To coat and give the food some safe transfer, safe transfer through your intestines through causing more damage to lesions or sensitive areas. That would make a lot of sense to me, actually. Yeah, exactly. And back Back when I was a teenager, I, I didn't stop saying, well, maybe I should stop eating junk food all the time and maybe, maybe take care of myself, right? Because uh, at the time, you know, it's like I'm indestructible, you know, this flare up, it will pass and I could just get back to life and keep doing what I'm doing, right? Yes. Yes. You should have heard me this morning as I watched my son open a 
can of Pepsi for breakfast. I'm like, dude, like, I'm not going to be 14 forever. <laughs> yeah. And, and I used to, I used to do that. I was like, I would drink when I, while I was driving to work. And then, yeah. you know, I, you know, I still do enjoy carbonated beverages, but I, I pushed them to like the evening. That way I'm not drinking progressively throughout the day. Yes. Um, Cause there was a time where I was drinking, I think half a case of Coke a day. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. So now I've replaced it with water instead. Yes. I love the carbonated water, especially today. There's so many different flavors of it. So good. Yeah. My, my, my secret, you know, and is the, the president's choice carbonated water, you know, like the peach ones, the stevia. That's, that's, that's the go-to whenever I got a bit of a sweet tooth during the day. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So what's something that you would really like the world to really understand about Crohn's disease and how it can affect a person or how they would like to be supported by family and friends it's that's a tough one I mean like Crohn's disease it will affect everybody differently um you know don't uh I'd say for me it's don't let your you know self-esteem drop any of that stuff people will look at you differently sometimes when you're at your your worst um you know it's uh I, I don't have a lot to say on it. I just kind of, you know, I've had some things said to me that kind of got me down and, you know, keep a positive attitude. Um, you know, there's people out there that are willing to give advice if they can. Um, and uh, yeah, I found a great community on Facebook where we all kind of support each other when, uh, when we, when we need help. So. That's amazing. And it's funny because even the whole concept of immunity is, is community, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a way that we interact with our environment. That's what our immune system is supposed to do. So we need actual community too, when we're in that healing, healing mode. I was going to ask you something about that. Hang on one second, slip my mind. Um, so, oh, you said sometimes people say things that would get you down. Could you, I don't want you to out anybody. I don't want you to be like. <laughs> I'm not going to out someone, but there was, there was yeah, one person it, when I was in high school. Um, I was having trouble walking down a set of stairs for a multi-purpose room. And this guy is a joke, just wound up saying, Hey, why don't, why don't you just die already? Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't realize that I was actually very sick and kind of close to that at the time. Um, Cause that, when he made that comment, I was, I think it was the week prior to me actually getting rushed to the hospital for my, my first blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of sticks with me and I know, you know, I'm probably not the only one that's had things like that said to them. Um, but, you know, you just kind of got to, you know, understand there's always going to be people like that out there. And, you know, you got to ignore it and focus on yourself and your health and, and getting better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think I know with myself, even with autoimmune and, and other people's experience, often it is true. There's a lot of people that say very hurtful, unsupportive things, but I think it's almost because they're scared because I think there's this, we feel security in thinking that people are suffering because of something that they were in, that they've inflicted on themselves, right? And even with some of these chronic illnesses or, or more rare illnesses that aren't very well understood, people are like, well, you know, you probably didn't eat properly or you didn't sleep or you didn't whatever, right? So they, they have this comfort that and I think they get nervous, right? When you're around other people that have ailments, it's like, hmm, that can't be me because I do everything right, right? And that's not exactly how these things work. 
does it yeah. your family at all did you ever find out sort of what what was the trigger for it to come out i i've been trying to like trace it back as as far as i can and there's no one who's been diagnosed with it other than me and had the the same symptoms i have but i know there's there's one symptom of crohn's disease that you know people get feel like you have something stuck in your throat all the time that's what's one that i i have as well till to this day and my dad actually has that same that same issue um but he doesn't have crohn's disease so i i actually think it came from just tracing back like i think it's from my my father's side um because i can't find anyone from my biological mom's side who has had crohn's disease any symptoms of crohn's disease so it's interesting it's interesting yeah how is your health today and and what do you think has worked well for you in staying healthy um today it's great I'm not gonna say it's perfect you know the the whole the, the lockdowns added a couple of pounds to me that uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actively working towards getting rid of um today it's it's great you know I'm able to to get up every morning go to work you know sometimes I do feel like a fatigue that you know it's it, I know it's not from lack of sleep it's my Crohn's disease does that to me keeps me awake every now and again but outside of that I can run cycle I feel good um and as long as I don't have any flare-ups I'm happy yeah and you're saying you haven't had a major flare-up so what happened how do you know you're going into a flare and is there a way that you can sort of stop it from being as severe so the, my first my first symptom is always like I, I I start to get this this feeling in my intestines so not like a pain more of like a discomfort mm-hmm. um you know bathroom you know habits kind of change a little bit um, you know, I find it's like, oh, I'm in the, I'm in the washroom a couple times a day. I'm like, you know, I think it's kind of like a warning sign to me. And I, that's when I kind of start paying attention to what I'm doing and, and adjusting. So it doesn't get to a point where I need, you know, to seek medical help. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, I guess that's one thing I'd recommend everyone just pay attention to your body. And, um, if you find that things are starting to creep up on you, adjust what you're doing and, you know, you might prevent a, a bad flare-up yeah that's a tough one a lot of us with chronic illnesses sometimes it's tough to know is this the moment I need to push or is this the moment I need to relax but Mm -hmm. you trial and error some of these things and you sort of know oh if I get that particular feeling that means stop this feeling yeah probably push it a little bit and that that's a that's a (laughs) it's a bit of a balance act do you get sometimes (laughs) Do you get, probably not as much because you've been healthy for a long time, but I know that sometimes I still, and I'm fairly healthy as well now, but I, like if I have to, if I have to make plans in the future, it's sort of like, I really hope I don't have a flare up then. <laughs> Do you ever get some yeah. anxiety? So I, I, I'm actually going through a little bit of that right, right now. So I have, a, I have a trip coming up in um, October. It's the first one, my first trip out of the country, you know, since um, COVID kind of mm-hmm. ended, right? um and you know it's to the united states and of course it's going into the u.s the one place i don't want to have a i don't want to have a flare because their cost of health care is astronomical um so there is still a lot a little bit of stress there um but you know as long as i i I keep telling myself to stay active keep doing what i'm doing it should be okay um i actually do find my body acts up a little bit under stress too so i don't i don't know if there's some kind of kind of link there i to this day, I'm still not a hundred percent sure. Like your body goes 
it flares up under stress or not or like yeah yeah like if i'm under a ton of stress like sometimes i start feeling abdominal pain i'm like what's what's this why why am i feeling this <laughs> um so you know when I, I i start to just step back and you know calm down a little bit and body relaxes so yeah it's you know what so like serotonin cortisol adrenaline even though they're made in the brain, they're also really linked to the gut and they actually expel through the liver and the intestines when we're releasing them. So that would make sense actually. So it it's a literal mm -hmm. physical reaction to the excess uh, hormones that you release during stress. I learned that last year when I had my brain issue after COVID and it was like, Oh, that makes so much sense. Cause I had a lot of gastro issues. It's sort of gross. Sorry. But uh yeah. when I was healing from that serotonin issue because that's what happened to me with COVID I my brain couldn't stop making chemicals for a while and I had to and so it really affected the way my my stomach and abdomen worked it was it was really quite quite scary but you really like that gut mind connection is huge yeah because like I got COVID once and while I was you know sick I, I was having abdominal pain through most of the thing uh and you know a lot of like just discomfort I, I thought it was weird that I was feeling that because it wasn't actually a symptom of COVID but I tested positive so I was like my I was worried I was gonna have like a uh, COVID you know and then a flare up back to back um so yeah it's it's interesting actually <laughs> now that you say that yeah this like <laughs> I actually never thought of that yeah um yeah yeah, for my COVID, yeah, it almost like I sat up once and it felt like my muscles had sort of like, like it was just this intense pain. And I was like, oh, I hadn't felt that for a long time since I've had lesions in my abdomen. So it was, it was really, you know, it's not fun to go through those things, but it's really interesting to understand and sort of figure out what the body's going through and how everything is connected in some form or fashion. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, the one, the one, the one thing I'm still not, a hundred percent sure with with my Crohn's is I've had a, you know when I was younger and I, I I've gotten the offer twice now is um to get an operation done to remove the mm. um the useless part of my intestine yeah um but the one thing that I'm scared of is is, is the bag I, I don't I don't want it yet and there's just mm. something like you know I'm young I'm in shape and if I get it done I have to slow things down and I think it's something that I personally want to push off until I'm at an older age where I, you know, don't care so much and I can <laughs> take the time and, you know, but at the time it's like, I, you know, if I can't hop on my bike, if I can't go for a run, if I, there's things that limit me, it's like, I, I it's the one thing scaring me away from, from having that done because there's a, you know, they keep, you know, they recommend it time to time, like, hey, this part of your intestine isn't great. Maybe we should remove it. And then Is they bring up the, you know. Is there risk to it being left there? Is there risk being to it being left there? They, I, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know why they keep recommending to, to remove it. I'm not sure why. if they want to study it. I'm not. I'm not sure if they want to get you. You know, if, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, all I know is that until it gets to a point where it's it's isn't an, actually an issue, I don't see need to be cut open and have it taken out. No, avoid surgery at all costs for sure. Do you, yeah. when they do that, is the like is it an automatic going into the bag, or is that just temporary while it heals and then they reconnect the intestines? I from what I was told, that the bag's only temporary while everything's healing. Like it's not permanent. I think it's like 
they said six to 10 weeks, something like that. I can't remember what the exact timeline was, but it wouldn't be permanent. I just don't want that timeline with having it at, at this time. No, no, it, no. You know, I can't. Well, the thing is, too, is like after having like all those weird things happen to your, to my body and being medicated and, and feeling because like, I did feel like a freak for a while. Right. And everybody did look at me like I was different. I just I, I just kind of want to be normal for a while before I have to think about, you know, doing that again and just kind of blend in. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. Just and like just just live just be in the moment rather than thinking everything needs a fix at the moment right like yeah exactly if it's if it's not broken don't fix it right (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 well I appreciate that and I appreciate you being so open about your story and for getting in touch with me to come on the show and share about Crohn's people there's so many people out there that probably like you did in the beginning felt maybe a little bit isolated because like, I don't know anybody with this. And even as you said, with your community, right? Like there's always somebody out there that, that really needs to hear the information that we put out there. And I think that's the best thing we can do. If we go through some of these things, if we can find the strength after to share openly about it, I think it, it gives people a lot of hope. And I think people that maybe if they're just recently diagnosed hearing how it is possible to go into remission, and it is possible to live a good life and, and feel great is, is really mm. important. One thing I would suggest to anybody who has Crohn's disease, if you're, you kind of want some people to talk to and you don't want to, you know, and you're having a hard time finding a group of people that can write to you, Gutsy Walk, I do it, you know, every year. I've met several people who have Crohn's disease and, um, you know, it's a good place to kind of talk about, you know, what your problems are, how you're getting over it. And, you know, it's a good place to seek advice and uh, kind of a place where you feel like, you know, you're not alone. So mm-hmm. um, they do it in every major city in Canada. And oh, really? uh, I participate. Yep. Yeah, I participate as often as I, as I can. Is there a certain month? Like, is there like, like some months are. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Did you do it again? I dropped my, <laughs> my camera. I apologize. It's that since my my speakers caught cut out it's been kind of a, a mess here all right um it, it varies on the city that you're you're in but if you you know go to gutsy walks website go to gutsy walks facebook page they'll actually announce when they're having the event in, their, in your city um and it raises money for a great for a great cause it goes to crohn's and colitis research so awesome well, i'll definitely put that in the show notes and thank you again for being here is there any last words you'd like to share with the audience Nothing really, you know, other than you're not different than any other person. Don't ever feel like you're different than any other, uh, any other person. There is a community of people out there that are, are willing to help, help you if you, if you need help. Um, and watch your diet. That's number one. Watch, watch your diet. Eat your veggies, right? Yes. yes. And I would say for protein, focus a little more on chicken and fish, you know, the those I find work better. You know, sometimes red meat can irritate a little. And that's that's it. Yes. Well, actually, I want to ask you, because I'm vegan, do like lentils and pulses work for you? Beans or are those tough to digest? I find them fine. Um, the only vegetable I find that is an irritant um, is corn, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I guess because it doesn't but... really break down. It's probably just scraping. 
Yeah, I I would probably assume that's it. So, you know, corn is but but everyone might have a different trigger, right? Some people they say seeds irritate them a little yeah. more. Some yeah, sense. so things that would get stuck. It's good to know. Yeah. Thank you. That's our little like end question. Thanks again for being on the show, Mike. Yeah, you're welcome. And um I'm glad I could I could be here. Thank you again, Mike. I just, I really enjoyed our chat and getting to know you. So just thank you again for your vulnerability, for your openness to talk about the things that have uh, challenged you uh, with Crohn's disease. So, and you know, I just, I just really love that you have a message of sort of encouragement and hope for people that might be suffering some chronic diseases like Crohn's disease. And that, you know, there are to not give up on yourself and to not identify yourself as being your disease, I think is really, really important. And, and that can be tough. I mean, I have chronic illness as well, and it can be hard not to tie that to our identity and feel sometimes that, oh, am I broken? Am I damaged? What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. You are not responsible for your disease. You are only responsible for taking care of yourself the best way that you can. And every day is going to be a new level of best. That's, that's what I learned through my chronic illness. It's just trying not to judge tomorrow or today based on yesterday, because every day is a whole new level of best. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet today. I've had a very busy week. Uh, it's just been awesome. I've been um, really busy with Ignite Purpose Canada and also some other projects that have been uh, taking up some time there, which is, which is, I'm just so grateful to have days filled with purpose and meaning and excitement and being able to touch the lives of others. So it's just been awesome. So anyways, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out. If you would like your story on the show, let me know. Even if you'd like me to just tell your story anonymously, I can do that too. Um, but just know we all get better together when we share our stories with each other.